What's something you can genuinely say you look forward to every single day? A daily ritual that makes your life better. Maybe it's greeting your dogs when you open the door at the end of the day, or a friendly wave with the security guard of your office building, or walking your kids to the bus stop. Perhaps it's tuning into Five on Your Side for one of our newscasts. If so, thank you. Or reading a chapter of your book before turning out the light. During the last year and a half, rituals became touchstones for us, even if we had to rethink some of them. Morning walks might have gotten a little longer, replacing a commute. Phone calls and Zoom dates happened when face-to-face meetings for drinks didn't. At the time when we were most locked down, in many ways it felt like life was standing still. But it wasn't, we can tell now. It was all just flowing a little bit differently. You know what else was flowing? At least in the Larico household? Coffee. The new normal is very caffeinated. Maybe the morning run was just to the old faithful Keurig, or perhaps you finally learned how to properly use the French press. So that had us here in the Abbey Eats Ideas Laboratory wondering, how has the pandemic impacted coffee shops? Plenty of places closed, some for good. Money watchers estimate the big chains will take up to two years to recover from their 2020 losses alone. But for one local coffee chain, Park Avenue, life didn't stand still. Remember, just a different flow. We were super fortunate. Uh, We picked up quite a bit of business from people who were stuck in their house all day long and just needed to get out and wanted some normalcy and wanted to like come and get coffee and leave just because that was some one of the few things that they could do. And so our neighborhood stores tended to do better. Park Avenue has five cafe locations with a sixth on the way. Though the Cortex spot is still temporarily closed, owner Dale Shodi says they actually kept their downtown location open this whole time to keep a couple of their most eager employees working. And they're eager we to open the doors for room. you again just- too. It was obviously the most interesting year. You know, we went through 2006, 7, 8, 9, all the, 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 you know, the whole recession that we went through in the, in the early 2000s. We made it through that and, like, grew through those times. And it's like, so coffee, I guess, is recession-proof. Well, now we find out that coffee could be pandemic-proof as well, I guess. I don't know. It's just, it, it's, it's been an, an interesting year for sure. Today on Abbey Eats St. Louis, a stroll down memory lane with Park Avenue Coffee. How an offhand comment became a new vocation, why he believes they'll bounce back, and what he says is the best decision he's ever made. Plus food news and a weekend planner to get you ready for fall. When I walked in to interview Dale at the roasting facility slash main office slash cafe location on the hill, it was busy. I don't just mean the shop was busy, though it did have a healthy line of people shuffling through to grab their morning fuel alongside a scattering of headphoned people huddled over their laptops. The roasting operation in the back also appeared quite busy, air roasting thousands of little coffee beans to be packaged up and shipped all over. Dale himself, though, was also quite busy. He scurried out of the office to acknowledge he knew I was there for him, then ducked behind the counter to help Barista Alley finish a couple of drink orders. Once we made it back to the office, he'd hardly taken a seat before a wholesale customer stepped in to pick up one of his orders. It's busy. He's busy. But when I asked him to tell me the Park Avenue story, he settled in, cozied up, and started from the top. It was back in 2004 when he was helping a woman get the IT set up for her Lafayette Square coffee shop. I just fell in love with the whole concept of coffee and coffee shops and the environment and the the community behind it and the, the relationships that you build and... 
Um, I love my IT job because I was able to build relationships with our customers. The problem with the IT job was I had to fix the IT problem first and then I could build the relationships with the customers. Whereas with the coffee business, you had hundreds of people a day coming into you to build relationships and you didn't have to fix their computer. <laughs> so it was, it was like, this is like the best of both worlds. I love the whole community and building relationship part and I don't have to fix computers on top of that. So I fell in love with it. At her grand opening a few months after I started doing the IT work, I told her, I said, if you ever want to sell this place, let me know because I've absolutely fallen in love with it. Of course it was her grand opening. Of course she wasn't looking to sell it. She's she like, wow, thanks for the confidence. <laughs> right, exactly. And so two and a half years later, she calls me and says, hey, do you remember saying that? And I said, yeah. She goes, you, are you still interested in buying? And I'm like, no, I think that I think that the honeymoon is over. That ship has sailed a little bit. But I said, you know what, give me a couple of days. Let me think about it. But top of mind, his very stable IT career, a full-time job plus a consulting gig that between the two things made for a very comfortable life. Comfortable until an uncomfortable phone call. And so full, full intentions of telling, telling her, you know, thanks, but no thanks. And my phone rings and it's my sister. And so I pick up the phone and she's hysterical. And so I finally get her calmed down and I'm like, what's going on? And she said, I quit my job. And I'm like, okay. Well, she had worked for a national pizza chain for 20 years. So more than half of her life, she worked for this pizza chain. And it was not a great environment. It was kind of a good old boys network back in the day. And it just wasn't, she just never really got the recognition that we felt, that she felt, and I think what she did for the company, because she was a girl. And the guys all, you know. So anyway, so. She hit a breaking point. Yeah, and so finally something happened, and she's like, I can't do it anymore. I just, I just can't. And she was fine with the decision until she drove into her driveway, looked up at the house that she just bought six months earlier. She was a single woman. She had no other job experience except for this one job her entire life. And she's like, how in the world am I gonna pay for this house? So she calls me, I'm not quite sure what she thought I was gonna do, but I was just her sibling and she just called to, you know, for support. And so I'm like, hey, do you wanna run, run a coffee shop? And she's like, what are you talking about? She'd run it while Dale got to keep his day job. At least that was the plan, till it went a bit haywire in a good way. The shop was doing great business. They hired on a few employees, then Dale became one himself. He was helping people get wired in a different way. So every day I was working in the coffee shop in the morning, then my two jobs, and then back in the morning to do the coffee shop. Was it like a, holy crap, this is working out? Or was it like, holy crap, this it's, is This is not out. what I signed on for. Yeah. I loved it. In one sense, I, of course, loved it. But the other sense is like, I wasn't planning on working seven days a week to run a coffee shop. This was hers to run. This was Marilyn's to run, right? And I mean, she was busting her butt and doing her job. It's just there was more than one person could handle. Yeah. So that went on for literally for six months uh, till March of the following year and something had to give. I mean, things were getting busier even yet. The neighborhood was hugely supportive of that coffee shop. So I decided to keep my consulting job. I could do it only 20 hours a week, fortunately, and make enough money to make ends meet for me so I didn't have to take money out of the coffee shop. And then she, she continued getting her salary and then we both started on it pretty much full time in March of 2007. Many, well, most coffee shops don't roast their own beans. That's the process where the green beans from a coffee plant are cooked up into the brown, fragrant, flavorful bits of goodness that help bring humanity to life every day. As their operation got bigger, Dale noticed they were having a hard time controlling the quality of the beans they were getting from another local roaster, which he says makes it difficult to run a consistently good coffee shop. After exploring some deals with other roasters, he decided, you know what? Why shouldn't Park Avenue roast their own coffee? 
They now supply wholesale beans to around 100 local coffee shops, along with their own cafes around town. To Dale, though, it's not enough to be tasty. It has to be perfect from the ground to the grinder. Right before the pandemic, we were in Sumatra and went to the farms that we buy coffee from there. So we have direct relationships with these farms. Um, and so they are doing sustainability. They're, you know, 100% hydrogenated electric. They're using all the composting of taking the, the, the pulp off of the coffee beans and they're drying that and composting it and putting it back in the ground. And they're, all the water's coming out of the river and it's being reverse osmosisly cleaned and used for processing the coffee and then being reverse osmosisly cleaned again and used for drinking water. And what's left is this slurry sludge left of the, of the, the purification of the water. And then that is used as fertilizer for the farm and then the last piece is there's a parchment or almost like a shell on the outside of the coffee and that shell is taken off and dried and then burned to produce heat to dry the coffee. So every bit of the byproduct of doing the coffee is being used back in the production of the coffee. You know, they're doing sustainable farming practices by soil supplementation. They're not using pesticides, they're not using herbicides. You know, they hire their staff and they're on on the farm year round. They supply housing, they supply medical and dental care for these folks. And it's even recently that they've added elder care. So if you've worked on the farm your entire life and can no longer work on the farm, they let you stay. Oh, cool. So it's an amazing, I mean, I get goosebumps just talking about it because, and they're planning, you know, each farm is planning upwards of a million trees a year, 800,000 to a million trees a year, new trees to be sustainable, to continue to make sure that they're doing quality products for years and years and years to come. And so, so the sustainability starts it, at origin and then once we get the product of course you know our coffee roasters both of our roasters are our air roasters they're made in the United States with US made steel in Santa Rosa California um, they're both 91% more efficient than a, a, a regular drum roaster we have 200 solar panels on the roof of our roasting facility we generate 100% of all of the electricity used in our corporate offices our roasting facility and our cafe we have tons of reclaimed building material in here we have LED lights throughout I mean, so it, it, sustainability is huge for us. It's a very important part of that. So when we started the roasting process, we got the most sustainable roaster and then we built the most eco-friendly roasting facility in the entire Midwest. And so having issues with quality and consistency pushed us down this road. It was the best decision we ever made. All of those stores serving Park Avenue coffee, they can also get the support of Park Avenue Coffee Incorporated. Along with air roasters and Chemex brewers, they have laser cutters and large-scale menu board printers and even whatever tool you need to make custom logoed coffee cup sleeves. They're like a one-stop shop for being a coffee shop. We build those relationships with those folks and really help them with a lot of different aspects. Why do it that way? Why not channel that energy into saying, you know, instead of helping you, little guy, little Abby's coffee shop that you're opening up and you're, you know, down the street from you because you think it'd be so cute and fun, I could help you do all that stuff. Or I could just focus my energy on, no, it's going to say Park Avenue. Or we're going to focus on building our own specific Park Avenue coffee brand. Everyone, so here's the thing. Coffee is coffee. I mean, there are different grades of coffee, but all specialty coffee in St. Louis especially. And there's a ton of great coffee roasters in St. Louis. And I always say, do what you do better than anybody else. So when a customer comes to me and says, oh, this guy down the street's doing this and I want to do that. I'm like, that's not the right approach. Do what you do better than anybody else. Everyone has good coffee. There's a ton of amazing roasters in St. Louis and they all have amazing coffee. But what makes us different? Why do they drive by... And honestly, gas stations have really stepped up their coffee game. And so you drive by 30 gas stations to come to us. Why do you do that? Or why do you drive, drive by two other coffee shops to come here? What do you do differently? And, and that's the same thing with the, with the wholesale piece. I mean, I think, that's, I think that's the little extra. And I always say, and I said this, I'm not even sure I said this to this morning, I, to, our, to our driver. 
little things make big differences. And so those little things are not rocket science. They're little things, but they make big differences. And that's why. That's why you do it. And those little things make the coffee shop experience worth it. It's what he says brings people out of their quarantine cozy at the kitchen table to come get a cup of coffee and a little camaraderie at their neighborhood place. I think the relationship with the barista, even if you come and hang out at a coffee shop, is during the interaction from when you order your coffee or, you know, our staff is amazing. They'll see you pull up and park out front and they'll already have your drink made by the time you get inside. Because, I mean, they are way better at that than I am, but they see these customers every day, day in and day out. And we try to have the same staff at the same stores in the same time frames every day. We are in, in, involved in their lives, which is kind of crazy to think because we're just coffee shop people, right? You know, I've worked with a lot of IT folks and not all of them are super attracted to the idea of talking to people all day. Right, so. right. I, uh, I, when I was an IT person, some of my customers say, you know what, you're the only IT guy I know that has a personality. Yeah. Like, I think that's a compliment, so thanks, <laughs> I guess. So, yeah, no, I, I'm not afraid to, to tell our story. Dory, we did an entire episode about Park Avenue Coffee, had an entire conversation with the owner, and didn't even talk about the gooey butter cake. I cannot believe that because their gooey butter cake is so good, and they have so many different flavors. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you can't walk in there and not walk out without a little slice of gooey butter cake. It's exactly what I did, actually, after we wrapped <laughs> up that interview. So any of these Park Avenue Coffee locations, make sure you try that. And we'll have to make that, because gooey butter is a topic we have yet to tackle on the mm-hmm, podcast. Mm-hmm. So I already warned Dale we'd be calling him at some point here. I'm sorry I don't have any in the booth right now, Dory, for us to be enjoying. I would have probably eaten it already, by the way, because I am so hungry. I have not uh, eaten yet today. Uh, um, I would have devoured it. Yeah, it's so rich, but yeah, I would have totally oh, just it's, it's a meal. It down. It's a meal. It's appropriate for any meal. But you do have something to sip on today, which is appropriate for multiple reasons, not just the fact that this is a Park Avenue coffee episode. Yes. Yeah, so we're recording this on Wednesday, which is National Coffee Day. Hopefully you all are getting out there and getting your fix. Um, But by the time you guys listen to this, a lot of those deals that are going on for National Coffee Day are going to be over. But here's the thing. Friday is International Coffee Day. God bless all these different (laughs) holidays that we have. So for International Coffee Day, there are a few local places that are still doing some deals. We put together a whole list of them that we'll put in the episode notes, and then they're also on ksdk.com. Awesome. I love to hear it. Okay, so that's news you need. That's news you can use Mm -hmm. for your Friday. But also we have some other news that we want to let you all know about, including a story we've been following for a little bit of time here. Yeah, so Max Local Eats, they're moving. We kind of got the lowdown on what's happening here. So back in July... Bluewood Brewing said that Max would no longer operate out of their Benton Park location. It was a weird, sudden, weird. vague update that seemed to kind of catch Max by surprise a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, Max was quiet about the whole thing until now. They have confirmed that they are moving to the current space that has Brew Hub Taproom. This is right along I-40 or Highway 40 across from Forest Park near the zoo. Brew Hub is going to be closing next week and moving to West County. Max will be moving in sometime in November later this year. They're going to be inside Bluewood through October. 
Wow, that's an interesting location for them to have picked. Like it's a, it, it's right. You see it off the mm-hmm. highway, but you don't necessarily drive by it a ton. I feel like it's kind of weird to get down there because we'll go to what's the coffee place that's down there? Coma <laughs> Coffee. Yes, yes. yes, we go yes. there a lot, but. It is kind of off the beaten path, but very visible. So maybe mm-hmm. they'll just they'll get even more customers driving by. Yeah, absolutely. So glad that we figured that one out because that was some weird business happening and we wanted to be able to have an update on that one. Yeah. So this is an update, though, too. Um, we actually spoke with the folks over at this restaurant in the Metro East uh, when they were going through these struggles. It looks like it's kind of taking a there's another chapter here. Yeah, another chapter. So 4204 Main Street Brewing Company in Belleville, they're still going to be making their beer, but they are closing the restaurant as of this past weekend, I believe. And just like we've been seeing and saying for months now, it's all because of staffing shortages. They wrote on social media that 20 people can't do the work of 100, which mm-hmm. is why, which is what we need for the restaurant to be fully staffed. So the brewery is continuing. The restaurant is closing. Um, just another example of worker shortages and how it's impacting our dine-out options. Not even just dine-out, though, Dory, right? I mean, we're talking about this story in a couple of different places in St. Louis area. Yeah, another thing I saw this week, and this was one of our top stories on the website, Schnucks is changing their store hours because of what they called a challenging labor market. So this starts Next week on October 4th, most of their stores are going to be closing an hour earlier, so 9 p.m., but there are nine stores that are staying open until 10, including some of the the popular ones, Arsenal, Hampton, Lindell, um, a couple of those bigger locations are still staying open until 10. It's still a big deal, though, because that hour, well, busy family or somebody who works a different, like, odd hours, mm-hmm. that's that's tough. But again, I mean, if you you got to do what you got to do to keep your employees. So we've been really following a lot of these worker shortage stories, mm-hmm. and I think this was going to be fascinating seeing how we – how whether it's the food industry or any of these other places that are struggling to hire workers – what long-term changes come of this? You right. know, our pandemic recovery is not just a health one. It's an economic one, too. And so a lot of changes there. Yes, and will we see more places close for the winter that maybe normally wouldn't or close a little bit earlier for the winter? Yeah. So who knows? One thing we have seen a lot of during this time, though, is people moving out west. Yes. And there's another, whether it's moving completely or usually expanding. And we have another update about that to tell you about, too. I feel like every week we've got another St. Charles County restaurant yeah. opening. So this one, High Point Drive-In. They're going to be opening their fourth location sometime early next year. It's coming to the Cottleville Landing. They plan to have a large indoor dining room plus a patio and they'll have those same old quirky, delicious menu items that you know and love and expect from High Point. Mm-hmm. It's a, I think that that's going to be pretty successful out there. Yes, absolutely. It's a good concept. It's always tasty. And now I'm hungry for that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. The next couple stories are going to make me hungry. Oh, yes. Yeah. So we talk a lot about food collaborations between different restaurants. This one's a little bit different between a brewery and a meat company. So we've got Volpe Foods teaming up with Schlafly to develop the IPA beer salami. So something to spice up your next charcuterie mm-hmm. board. Sounds good, right? So it's just going to be available for a limited time beginning in October, and you'll be able to find that at Schnooks and Deerberg's. That, all of that sounds really good. Do that and mix it with some like... Um, Southside Alchemy Bloody Mary mix Ooh. and skewer that in there and then maybe throw a splash of beer in there instead of vodka or something. 
That's a good fall morning. Okay, when are you hosting brunch next? I know, I need to. I absolutely need to. And that will be on the menu for sure. And on the guest list, maybe Simone Biles, because I hear she's an honorary St. Louisan now. I am dubbing it. I am saying it. She is an honorary St. Louisan now because we need to get a hold of the mayor, get her a key to the city, a key to emos, whatever we need. She took her love of emos and Provel cheese and defended it on national television. I love this. Like a true St. Louisan. <laughs> she was on Jimmy Kimmel uh, earlier this week, and she, who, by the way, his wife is from St. Louis, so he is known to... Maybe jokingly, half-jokingly, half-truthfully trash talk our pizza. Um, He, during his interview with uh, Simone, called our pizza bad, to which she said, no, it's not. That's mean. Provel is the best. That's mean, she said. She was so sweet about it. I love her. But Bart, the best part, I think she was willing to fight Jimmy over it. And he quickly backed down, by the way. He's yeah. not willing to take on someone <laughs> I wouldn't want to either. I, which would you rather have, a key to the city or a key to emos? Hmm. Man, that's tough. Probably a key to the city because somewhere in there there'd be an emo stashed away, That's right? true. And then yeah. you get all the beer and the other the things. The rides that, to the top of the arch. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, shoot, I was going to go with emos just because I'm hungry right now too, <laughs> but I think you have me convinced. It's a win-win situation. Hey, what's the best thing you had to eat this week? So I, the best thing I was planning on having this week was going to be something I was going to get at Taste of St. Louis. I was planning on going Sunday, but then I ended up getting a migraine nah. and I had to skip out. I was so completely bummed by that. So... I hope everybody who went to Taste of St. Louis mm-hmm. had an amazing time. All the pictures I saw online were awesome. Mouth-watering. Yes, everything looked so good. My husband, Jason, just one day on a whim, he was like, let's barbecue outside. It's been so nice out lately, um, you know, in the 80s and 90s. So grab some pork steaks, and we just fired up the grill on a hot September night and just enjoyed a local beer. And on our back patio, it was perfect. It was dark at like 8 already. Um, but yeah, it was nice just sitting outside and enjoying a nice September night on our patio. And pork steaks are good for any season. Any season, which is what I said. I'm like, oh, it's our last pork steak of the season. He goes, what are you talking He's about? He's just like, don't <laughs> say that ever. <laughs> so number one is the pork belly from Planter's House. <gasps> um, I got some pork belly on this like cheesy polenta. Okay. It was really, really good. And it just like hit the spot. That was a Sunday dinner. I have two special shout outs though. One is to the fried chicken from Simply Cooking with Donna. We talked about it. Yes, we talked about it in the podcast last week. And it was delicious. She's fantastic. And it's everything that I want it to be. And then also, I want to give a special shout out to something you made. Oh, your corn salsa that you made this weekend. Um, So we hung out this weekend, enjoyed some time outside. Another friend of ours made some tacos, like some pork tacos that were really delicious. And you just happened to have this like corn salsa. What all was in that? It was really delicious. It was corn, avocado, lime, uh, cilantro, red onion, tomato. It was essentially like guac but not mashed up just kind of all ingredients just oh, tossed together it kind of was because it's kind of like a pico plus a guac yeah, plus yeah, yeah i yeah. loved it it was really delicious Thank you. well hey we've got a fun round of things for you to do i mean this is a busy weekend planner we're talking about here it's the first weekend of october so you're officially allowed to put the pumpkins out on the patio if you mm-hmm. haven't done so already and get the hay bells and the <laughs> the, the cinnamon smelly candles and have those burning and 
and all those all the fall fun, things. All the fall things. It's official this weekend. Um, you can start doing that, and you can get into the mood of that with the Best of Missouri Market. They have all sorts of things that I'm sure will help you set the fall mood. That's happening this Friday through Sunday at the Missouri Botanical Garden. It was canceled last year, but it is back this year with nearly 100 vendors. They'll offer handcrafted items, locally produced food, so much more. It's like a farmer's market on steroids, you could basically say. But it's also neat because they have a craft beer and cocktail court. Uh, They have Still 630, Rockwell Beer Company, Public House Brewing Company, Edelbrand, Pure Distilling, and more. So not just the St. Our friends from St. Louis here, but you can try things from happening all over the state of Missouri. I will say, though, for this one, advanced tickets are required to guarantee admission. Um, you can try showing up the day of, but it might be a little tough. So uh, head on to, over to the MoBot website to get those tickets ahead of time. And if you're looking for something else this weekend, all weekend long, Friday through Sunday, I hope you have an empty stomach ready for more delicious food because Q in the Lou is back at Keener Plaza You can uh, head on down there. It's free to go in there, wander, smell all of the amazing (laughs) things. Uh, There will be food, drinks, and more to buy on site. We've got some of our local favorites who are going to be there, along with pitmasters from Texas, Arkansas, and Mississippi. They'll be putting on some barbecue demos so you can make your next barbecue backyard bash awesome and just like a professional. Yeah. Um, Plus some live music throughout the weekend and I wanted to note this one activity event that they have. There's going to be a rib eating contest Saturday afternoon, which uh, anybody can try. (laughs) There goes the cell phone. There goes the cell phone (laughs) falling on the floor. Um, Anybody can try to enter that. They've got a few spots open for the public, but then there's also going to be some pros in there chowing down on ribs. I mean, a professional rib eating contest sounds pretty aggressive. Uh, (laughs) That sounds fun, though. Also, I have a friend whose band, uh, Robot Plus Bike, is going to be playing there on Saturday morning. It's a very family-friendly music, so if you're looking to do that on Saturday morning, head out over there. Maybe start your weekend off, though, on Friday at Food Truck Friday in Tower Grove Park. It's the last one of the year. Mm. Grab your friends in a blanket, head to the park again from 3 to 7. Same rules apply, like we've always say, get there early, Make sure you uh, hop in line and enjoy some of those great drinks. They're going to be having 20 trucks uh, serving up food and drinks there. And it's always a good event in Targrove Park. Another big event happening this Saturday is Grove Fest. It's the 15th annual Community Street Festival coming back to Manchester in the Grove. About 100 different vendors from across the area are going to be lined up there, including food from nearby restaurants, Tons of merchants, a whole lineup of live music and entertainment and activities throughout Saturday, plus some fashion. I thought that was kind of an interesting little ad that they have there. And there's going to be a family area, so family-friendly event. It's free to attend. It goes from 3 to 11. So much happening this weekend in your neck of the woods, Dory. You've Mm -hmm. got the Shaw Art Fair this Saturday and Sunday. It's a very popular event. It's been happening every fall since 1993, actually. It's one of the most, like, well-known art fairs we have in the St. Louis area with 130 different artists. Of course, they're going to have all sorts of food, live music, different galleries, and you can walk through, buy, just check things out. And it's on that beautiful Parkway, that Flora Place at Tower Grove Avenue, right across from the Missouri Botanical Garden. So maybe if you had that direction this weekend, you can get to two for one with that trip. Yeah. And then starting this Thursday and going through Sunday, we've got our one of our most popular Grants Farm events. It's the Halloween drive through So they did this last year. They brought it on during the pandemic last year as a way for people to get through the, the farm and just kind of experience Halloween. 
It was so popular. It's coming back this year. You need to have reservations, but uh, you can go to the Grants Farm website to sign up and reserve your spot. You just hop in your car, drive through, and you can see all their different little spooks and sights. If you want to get a little bit more involved in the action, though, or might, the kids just need to run around on Saturday and Sunday, they will also have the opportunity to do Fall Festival at Grants Farm. They'll have a fun zone play area for the kids, hay rides, pumpkin picking. It's time to get those pumpkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's going to start this weekend, and it's happening Saturdays and Sundays throughout October. So one more reason to go check things out. At Grant's farm. And if you need to let the kids run around a little bit more, <laughs> Saturday and Sunday is Zootober Fest at the St. Louis Zoo. This is their first of the fall events getting underway at the zoo this season. Zootober Fest is a like a family-friendly version of Oktoberfest. They'll have German-inspired food, drinks, beer for the adults, and root beer for the kids. <laughs> it is free to go, um, but you still need those timed reservation tickets to get into the zoo. What a weekend in St. Louis. I know. How I feel are like we going to squeeze it all in? I'm literally like taking notes at the same time. Like I need I need an extra Saturday this weekend. Let's do it. Do you think we can make that happen? Yes, absolutely. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Abby St. Louis is a Five on Your Side production. I'm Abby Larico, And I'm Dory Olmos. Please make sure you're subscribed to our podcast. We want to drop in your feed every single week, and we're always working on something fun for you. Let us know when you're listening to us, too. By the way, I heard uh, from some folks at Taste of St. Louis that they were there, and they'd listened to the podcast ahead of time. So we love hearing that you guys are talking to people about the podcast as well. So let us know when you do that. Hit us up on our Instagram. We're at Abby Eats St. Louis. And, and enjoy your first October weekend. Oh, and it's a red October, too. Oh, that's right. Got my and Cardinals gear on Yeah, today. you do. You do. It's a good time to be a St. Louisan. So seize the plate. Mm-hmm.